You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. everybody this is victoria your dog guru and today we are talking about why i've been delayed on our recording so normally we would be doing a recording about you know answering all of our listeners questions but i unfortunately am in a transition period i do want to say that everything that you guys are about to hear in this episode are based on my opinions and my personal experience um Things that I have run into in the past couple of months, and uh, especially in the past week, they are not representative of the network. Um, these are this is me. This is Victoria speaking to all of you guys, all of the people that listen in every week. This is definitely not going to be your typical podcast for me. It's going to be kind of an impassioned speech because what I've just experienced was a life-changing event. And I feel like I would be negligent if I wasn't honest with my listeners about what I have run into. So normally I don't really take a hard stance on things. Um, I try and have an unemotional approach, especially when I speak to listeners. But today I'm going to give you a a much more real side of me, uh, an impassioned side of me. You know, you hear me talk about positive reinforcement and why it's important. And you hear me talk about, you know, sticking with it and being patient with your dog and, you know, how to find a good balance within your home. But I never try and get preachy. <laughs> I don't want to have my listeners, you know, walk away and go, wow, that was really too much. So I'm going to give you a little warning in advance that this may be uh, a podcast, a, a specific episode where it's going to lean in that direction because I'm definitely taking a hard stance today. Okay. So some of you know that uh, I have Baldor. He is my service dog in training. He's a Newfoundland. He came from an amazing breeder who, uh, Bourbon Water Newfoundlands, if you're looking for a Newfoundland, um, you will not be disappointed with them. I love the breeder. the Sarah and her mother were just phenomenal. They answered all my questions. There were things that I asked them to do and videos I asked them to take and live things that I asked them to do to make sure that this dog was the right fit. And they did it all, you know, without any sort of complaint. And um, I have nothing negative to say whatsoever about the breeder that I chose uh, or the breed I chose or the dog I chose, nothing. Um, This is more of... Uh, kind of a plea to other owners because sometimes, um, and I've had owners come to me over the years and they're like, well, you can't possibly understand what it's like to experience this. And I, given my, you know, best of intentions, given my experience, I myself can still run into roadblocks. And this was mine. So um, I sit here recording this with my two, my soon-to-be 18-year-old service dog on my left side and Baldor on my right. Um, and Baldor, when I first got him, 
decided that, you know, on a walk, as I was coming into the yard, he was going to lick some water, which had bacteria in it, uh, from a flower pot. And, you know, so we immediately took him to a vet, you know, sought medical care, got him on antibiotics because his stool was upset and his stomach was upset. Well, what I would have thought would have been, you know, kind of a one-and-done sort of situation, and, and it, it kind of grew. It actually got worse, and we kept going back and forth to the vet, and th- th- we put all of our heads together trying to figure out what was going on. So then he finally, you know, I changed foods. Uh, he stabilized, and I was like, okay, we're out of the woods. But there's something to be said for raising a puppy and how delicate their immune system is, despite their size, despite, you know, his care here is bar none, probably the best care any dog has. He's spoiled. He is up to date on all of his shots. He gets his walks that he needs. He gets attention that he needs. Um, But one thing I was noticing with him is despite my best efforts, we were running into lots of roadblocks with his training and all surrounding energy. Now, when you run into energy issues with a dog on that consistent of a basis, there's a reason. And I continued taking him back and forth to the vet um, and and battling the problem, but outwardly he seemed okay until last week. And last week I noticed that he wasn't showing interest in food and he wasn't showing interest in water, which is one of the reasons why I always tell people doing a structured feeding time where a dog knows they have 10 to 15 minutes to eat every day and after that the food gets picked up rather than a grazing system where you don't know if they've eaten yet. They don't, you don't know if they're picking and choosing, you know, I immediately knew he was rejecting food because he knew when the food goes down, that's when it's being offered. And he's usually a good eater. So what we thought was, you know, a diet problem, we switched his food. Okay. Cause he was scratching and things like that. Well, that wasn't the problem. We switched the diet again and the scratching went away, but his energy stayed really, really low. And, you know, at that point, his training was arrested because I know as somebody who not only has raised him, but who works with behavior all the time, having that little energy, you know, being that lethargic, that consistently, there's a problem. Well, then Thursday night... I noticed that his nose was dry. So by Friday morning, right as I'm about to call the vet, I check his eyes, I'm checking his nose. Um, He now doesn't want water, and this dog is obsessed with water. So, I mean, to the point where it's been a training thing that we have to consistently work on. You know, they're a water breed. He loves water. So when he didn't want water, when it was down on the floor, I was like, something's really wrong. So I called the vet and brought him over, and... I, I showed him this skin condition, um, or at least to the naked eye, it would look like a skin condition. What it was really, a bacteria that was coming through his skin. Um, so now, how is that possible? It's not like I've been doing public access training with him. Being that he started on um, you know, a sick foot, I knew he wasn't ready for that. So this wasn't an exposure issue. It's not like I was taking him all out and about and you know, everywhere under the sun. When I walk him, I walk him in the same places every day, uh, right within my development. And I wash down his paws. Like I'm pretty 
pretty careful about what he's exposed to. And this is knowing he was vaccinated and up to date on everything. Um, so here's the problem. I spent all day, and I do mean all day, between Friday and Saturday trying to figure out what this very unique bacteria was because we hadn't seen it before. And as it turns out, it is a hybrid of distemper, which because of his lowered immune system, because he was sick um, from that bacteria that he ingested early, it basically took his immune system down and really, really was killing him. So I sat there with the best of intentions, with the best of care, knowing that I'd done everything that I was supposed to do, and I still had a dog that was fighting for his life, which as an owner is a crushing feeling. As somebody who spends their entire life trying to make sure that a dog is happy, healthy, that there's balance, I felt like I failed. How could I have missed something? How could I have assumed something as obvious as, you know, lethargy? wasn't something bigger. Now, I will tell you, from the very beginning with this puppy, he never had the energy that I'm used to seeing in a young dog. So perhaps that contributed to the reason I didn't see the problem for what it was. Um, And it's not like I had been negligent. He had been back and forth to the vet his whole life, not just for shots. Obviously, I'd taken him for follow-ups. And even the vet said, you know, he saw my face and how crushed I was. And he said, you know, this wasn't something I did wrong. This was something that could not have been controlled. And that's when I I stopped him and I said, yeah, but it could have been. Because we know, based on, I mean, all of the scientific evidence there is to support, both lab evidence, um, I don't use anecdotal evidence, okay? Um, I, I go on lab results and... I do plenty of research on my own, and I've seen hybrid forms of distemper before that we didn't have vaccines for, that we have no treatment for, and we're basically hoping that in the process of that, the dog's immune system wins out and they're able to fight it through. We do the best that we can to stabilize the dog, triage them, you know, get them in the best emotional and physical headspace they could possibly be, and let their body do the healing. Now... Should I be in that position? No. No, I shouldn't. And what it comes down to, and what I said to the vet is, and we're we're in full agreement about this, this comes back to people who aren't vaccinating their animals. And it really does. This isn't isn't some sort of um, theoretical, oh, well, it's my choice. Well... If you ask my opinion, all standardized puppy shots should be expected. Um, If I lose listeners because you don't think that your dog should be vaccinated, um, I hope you never have to go into a situation like I walked into. And if you're sitting there to yourself and going, well, I'll never have to because I don't vaccinate my dog, well... There is the the reality is is that we're going to keep seeing these hybrids surface and develop 
and these strains of viruses that we cannot control because we aren't doing our part anymore. And we saw things like that go away. I, I haven't seen an outbreak of Parvo and I don't even know how long, except in a dog that hadn't finished a Parvo series. Or, you know, or, and then I understand the logic between, you know, I, I've heard the, well, vets are money hungry, vaccines are out of control, you know, I, I've heard all of that. I'm sitting here telling you, I just lived the nightmare that you can avoid. And you can avoid it by making sure that your dog is vaccinated so that my dog can't pick up a fragment of a strain that didn't exist because your dog has picked it up, become a carrier, and distributed it into an environment that my dog is exposed to without my knowledge. You know, it kind of wrecks you when you're losing an animal despite your best efforts. And I'm happy to say that the only reason I'm even able to make this podcast right now is because he has stabilized, because he is doing all right now. But it took three vets and a college putting all of their heads together to even figure out what this was. So, like I said, this isn't the type of podcast where I try and tell people what to do. But in this case, I'm telling you, please vaccinate your dogs. And, um, you know, if, if you have personal feelings about this, if there is research that you have that is contrary to what I'm saying... And I'm not saying anecdotal evidence. I'm saying actual research. Please send it to dogguruhereforyou at gmail.com. I'm happy to read it. Um, and I'm happy to, to put an update on this. But I'm telling you right now, this would not have happened if patient zero had been vaccinated. Would not have happened. Uh, they're, they're, and here's the worst part. As a result of this, because it's a strain that we can't control, and because, you know, it's an illness that we don't have a, a, a treatment for and we don't want to keep exposing other animals to it, now we have to do remote treatments for this dog because I can't bring him back to the clinic because until he's completely stable and out of the woods, he's a risk to everyone. I want that to sink in for a second. I, I feel like as owners, it is our responsibility to protect our animals and sometimes, you know, right now, it's, it's a state law that you have to get a rabies vaccine. I've seen owners and breeders alike, uh, you know, knock having to do that every year. Oh, you know what? I think certain things need to be in place. Uh, if, if I had my way, parvo distemper would be a standard vaccine that every dog would get by law. Because the way it spreads and the, the fact that it can be a community problem within a week I mean, on a with, and, and then it changes, and then we can't help the dogs it changes with, and nobody knows what they're dealing with. You know, the the choice that you make with your individual dog can have widespread effects. You know, if you don't vaccinate your dog, your dog isn't the only one at risk. Your dog can easily contract the illness, not actually show any symptoms, have a stronger immune system than my dog. And then my dog, as it was the case here, my dog is exposed, obviously, on a walk, must have been exposed. You know, it's not like he's hanging out with other dogs right now. <laughs> um, he wasn't, I had never taken him to dog parks. You know, when we're on a walk, he's working. So this wasn't like I dropped the ball. This was like <laughs> there wasn't anything I could have done differently other than send a warning out that this is a real problem. 
This is a real problem. We're seeing a resurfacing and a resurgence of illnesses that we put in the closet and we need to keep in the closet because otherwise we're going to have a lot of unhappy owners and really sick dogs if they even make it through. You know, my dog was four months when this hit him and coming out of an illness, I mean, Giardia is something any, any dog can get, by the way, by licking, you know, wet grass or, you know, on a walk. Puppies all like to lick that stuff. I'm sure you've smelled that rancid poop, you know. All of that is stuff that you would expect to a certain extent. I mean, you try and manage it as best you can, but you would expect it. And yet, you know, I thought he was out of the woods. He had recovered. But I didn't think that his immune system was compromised still. I just thought he was a lazy guy, you know? And then a month later, I get hit with this. So, like I said, I am very open to hearing your your comments on this. And, and to me, I think it falls back into the category of being a responsible dog owner. Um, the reason we have a, a standard rabies vaccine is because it would be a risk to our community if a dog with rabies bit a child or another dog or, you know, you. So let's, you know, parvo distemper, parvo and distemper are really, really ugly, ugly illnesses that most dogs, I mean, if you spend the two grand and make it out on the other side, and I mean, I know you can in some places get it for less than that, but usually treatment is, is substantially more expensive than most people are ready to spend. So, you know, here I was, I was willing to spend everything on his care. You know, the dog's been chipped. He's had all his vaccines. He gets better dog food than uh, I think most dogs have ever been exposed to. Um, I'm religious about his care and I was nursing him back to health all weekend and here we are, it's Friday and I'm just now feeling comfortable enough to speak openly on air about this. So yeah, I'm taking a hard stance. I'm telling you to vaccinate your dog. Um, and if there's backlash for this, I'm just going to tell you, you've not, I I wish I, I, I can't even take a picture of my dog right now in the condition he's in because it saddens me so deeply that, you know, here we have several professionals on board and he's got round the clock care from me and his, his willpower is what's keeping him going forward and we're praying for the rest. So, um, some of you have actually, you know, written in and, and asked how he was doing. And, and I didn't really comment because there were a couple of reasons I didn't comment. The first being this had nothing to do with negligence on, um, the vet's part or the breeder's part or my part. And I really wanted to focus on his care and his welfare before I essentially, I mean, I wouldn't call this a rant, but this is this is me in a place where I'm telling you, I would never want a listener to experience the loss of an animal like this. You know, he's five months old, and it was crushing to feel like I was about to lose him. Especially for me, he's a lifeline, so it was too much. It was too much at once. You know, not, not all dogs are a lifeline for their owners, but certainly their companions, their family. So I don't want you to go through this. And this, you know, vaccinating your dog, you know, if you're sitting there and going, well, you vaccinated your dog and he still got sick. Yeah, but if vaccines had been standard practice and it had been required, this wouldn't have been a problem. 
So that's my two cents. I very much hope that I haven't lost you guys in all of this. Um, I am not trying to scare our listeners away, but this was a real warning to me uh, and a wake-up call. You know, I once had to deal with a clinic-wide case of Parvo, and patient zero was unvaccinated, and we had to shut down the clinic, and we had to call our clients because, you know, here we had vaccinated the other dogs, but this dog wasn't vaccinated, came in, had Parvo, was very sick. Um, You know, you do all the things that you can to sanitize um, the environment, but you can't, it isn't a foolproof system. And this wasn't a situation where it was necessary to thin the herd. My dog wasn't the weak one that should have been picked off. You know, this wasn't a nature sort of situation. This was an unfair hand that we were dealt. And life happens, and I get that. And I haven't given up on him. But let me tell you something. Some of the side effects of this was, you know, he was, well, obviously lethargic, but he. I've been cleaning up pee and poop every day since he's been sick with this. Um, he his, in, his entire training schedule has been pretty much at a halt. We do very general, easy things to make sure that he's checked in, but you know, he's nowhere where he should nowhere near where he should have been, nowhere near where I would expect him to be in his training. And it's not his fault, and it's not even my fault. <laughs> That's him flipping over right now with his cone on his head. <laughs> Um, all that being said, uh, for those of you who are sending your well wishes, I appreciate it. I am not leaving you guys. I have been a little delayed, but my interests are still with this podcast. It's just, it is time to get real about a situation like this. Vaccinating your dog, unless you can prove to me that there is really a better option, like with lab results, not anecdotal evidence, I I see no way around this. We need to start closing this gap. I don't want to see outbreaks of distemper or or parvo, things that were preventable because, you know, people are running around and going, well, my dog doesn't need that. My dog doesn't even go to a dog park. My dog doesn't even go to PetSmart. My dog doesn't even... That's not why you do it. You don't just do it to protect your dog. You do it to protect my dog, too. You do it to protect the community you live in. You do it to protect my kid. You do it to protect your child. You know, dogs don't live in a bubble. They live with us. So, and a lot of these illnesses, by the way, if if a dog was to contract rabies, it would be a catastrophic thing if he turned around and bit somebody. I mean, you've already lost the dog. If they have rabies, you're losing the dog. That's the reality. But in the process, you could have a very sick family. So... That's where I come down. I'm going to take a deep breath and just tell you guys that I am not here to tell you what to do with your animal. I I know that generally when you guys tune in, you're not here to have someone, you know, you're not here to have someone direct you on what to do with your animal per se. But this is a safety thing. And uh, to me, I I think it would be negligent to not have shared this experience because this is a real thing that happened. And it's a real thing that will continue to happen. This is not the first time it's happened. It's just the first time it's happened to me. 
So, um, any thoughts, comments, please share them. Dog Guru here for you at gmail.com. We will have an Ash, Ask Your Dog Guru episode, so if you have any questions or comments, you can also send them there. Um, we do have some content already ready, some questions lined up, but it's not too late. And you can always find us on the group Dog Guru Hounds. It's on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. So we're all of those places. And obviously, Blazing Caribou Studios is our home. So you can go on blazingcariboustudios.com and click on Ask Your Dog Guru and find all the latest and greatest episodes there. Obviously, we're still on iTunes and all your favorite podcast apps globally, including Spotify. So stay tuned. I I promise our next episode will be more light and airy and helpful, but I think that this was an equally important episode to record. I think that when someone, you know, listens to this, I hope that if they were on the fence about vaccinating their dog, they hear my story and either think to themselves, well, I don't want my dog to go through that, or I don't want my dog to be a carrier for a virus that could do that to another animal. So I, you, I would hope that this reaches someone on that level. If I, if it doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe this is dead air this week. All my warmest thoughts to all of you guys. Uh, keep all of your emails coming. I love to hear from you. And all of the the questions that I get, all the comments I get, I appreciate. I deeply appreciate it. Do you like sci-fi, AI, and technology? Do you enjoy going on tangents and down random rabbit holes of a subject? Then join me and my friends each week on Brokebot Mountain as some artificially intelligent people attempt to walk through a maze that explores themes of existence and free thought in sci-fi TV, movies, and books. The conversations are unique and bring an unusual perspective to the genre and can literally go anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. You can find us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com or look for Brokebot Mountain on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's it for me today, everybody. This has been Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.